0: All right. Okay. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome back to The Work Week After Hours. I'm Steve Cadigan here with my partner, Shane. And uh, Shane, I want to talk today in reflecting on The Work uh, the work Week uh, on an article you sent me about one of my favorite topics. I mean, I could talk about this till the cows come on real estate. You sent me a story that kind of really got in my head, which was in during the pandemic... Of uh, in the real estate market, 63%, I think it was 63% of the offers made on homes have been made by people who never saw the house in person. Now, arguably, this is the most costly financial investment anyone will make in their lifetimes. And we're now seeing a situation caused by the pandemic where a huge huge percentage of people are having to make a choice without actually seeing something like that i mean how do you interpret that when you look at that 63 and then you know these are hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases millions of dollars people are going to decide to buy something they've never seen
1: yeah it's, i think it's a wild wild dynamic <laughs> I, th- I think it's um I think it we're we're looking at and and I think we both know that this is going to translate and kind of cross over into the professional world as well. I think what we're looking at is technology a a change a forced a shape shift in thinking uh, if you will, a change in thinking of what a normal is, right? Like like we talked about the pandemic and you know one of the things that we heard throughout the entire 12 months first 12 months of the pandemic, I guess it's still going on was what's our new normal going to be like, are we going back to normal? What's the new normal going to be? And, 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 and society has always evolved, right? Like how we, how we work now is not how we work 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, all those different things. Right? How we buy houses is different. I think on the last episode I shared or two episodes I shared where, you know, a gentleman bought, traded in his horse for his first car. Right. And then in that same episode, you and I talked about how Tesla is going to allow us to go to work and our cars are going to drive around on their own. Like, so these things evolve. My I guess my thought is and, and, you know, where we can kind of dive into it. Is it is it a change in mentality? Is it a change? I mean, obviously, it's a change in technology as well. I can take a right. So so for context, not to date things, but my house is going on the market tomorrow we're actually recording this on on the day before it goes on the market yesterday a gentleman was here at my house walking through using a technology called Matterport to, to which is which is one of the leading technologies to create these virtual tours in real estate and like I wonder is it Is it, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going through it. You're not really going through it right now on your end. And now you, you know, you got some some neighbors and some friends and some different things, but I'm just curious on your thoughts. Like, do you think it's, do you think it's a shift in mentality? Do you think it's technology? Is it kind of all of it?
0: There's a lot of pieces to this. So one, I think you do think that our comfort level technology and trusting the technology and the data and actually data is, um, you know is coming up, and so therefore we're more comfortable relying on the data. But this flies in the face. That's why it's so interesting to I me. Mean, this flies in the data of that. You know, I'm sure you've had mentors or coaches like I'm making a decision based on my gut. You know, like where's the gut? And and it and I've in the recruiting world, like you know, I always tell people like never focus on your gut. What well, your gut is. Is something that you haven't been able to articulate yet. Find out what that gut is, it, to affirm it or 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 to deny it. But what what is really I think what's what is trending right now because of the pandemic. It's forcing the issue of we have to experiment, we have to try new things. And uh, on top of that, what I think is really interesting, you know, having sort of done a little research on this is you know crises tend to force people to make big decisions or to like I'm going to get married or I'm going to end that relationship or I'm going to move to a new place uh you've you've chosen one of those you're going to we're going we're gonna to sure. move to a new place possibly right no. and no. so but man making a choice with you know you, you could say you know with very with very limited data compared to how we used to make it. like I want to see it I want to touch it I want to taste it sure. but now you are you're preparing to sell Something that's very valuable to you and your family, sure. expecting that technology is going to be an advantage for you. So you've got the drones flying. I I don't know if you got drones, so I'm going to imagine yeah, yeah, you got a drone flying. Yeah. You know, you know, and and you've got these cameras taking these really interesting. And what I've noticed on the real estate sites, and I mean, I can I can literally troll through Trulia and Zillow for hours at a time. My wife will tell you, but what I found interesting in the last year or two is. You're not just getting photos now. Now you're getting a click here, and you're going to get a tour, and it's going to be music, and they're going to we're going to give you a feel. And I'm seeing that in, in the pro other big products that are being sold. So people not only are more comfortable using technology to make decisions, people are used getting comfortable using technology to help sell. You know, yep. and being creative
1: in that, right? Yeah, I do, and and I think, um, and, and hearing you talk about it, it made me kind of think of how some other ways that I've allowed a virtual tour essentially is kind of, and, and this is kind of a piece to it. And then, and then I, I really want to flip this over in, yeah, in yeah. a minute to, to the business side, but um, it, you know, Google street view came around, right? So, oh, yeah. so, so, so that came around, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was where, you know, we could now go on a map and maneuver like a car and I could see an area um so yes my i won't dive too much into it just yet but me and my family have researched looking into a different country and different location and moving and relocating and those different things and and when you and when you what we've done is we hear about a neighborhood that's a nice neighborhood we go to google street view and we walk through like oh maybe this is a good neighborhood and you look and we're like oh well i don't know about those buildings or well i don't know if i'd want that around the corner from where i like you so you're kind of looking before you make the decision. Um, and, and, and I know previous episode I talked about, uh, my first real job, if you will, as an adult was in the car business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I remember the shift as the internet became something, internet sales managers became a thing right now. They, back then they were just people answering emails that came in and, you know, somehow had a job, but, Now it's very different. Now we're going to get to a place to where you just go online. As a matter of fact, it's funny we're talking about this. So yesterday, quietly, I don't know this isn't in the news yet. Yesterday, quietly, um, and I only know this because my brother and I are very in tune with technology and he's big on SEO and e-commerce. He sent me, and I don't want to get off track on this, but he sent me a link and says, check this out. And it's a listing of all the cars of a certain brand of a certain make everywhere just on a google page not the dealership's website so what they've done is they've aggregated all these listings now to their website and it's and it's killing traffic to all these different and they own the they own it they can do what they want to do with it so it's really wild now you can take a virtual tour of yeah, a yeah. car you can sit down in the driver's right. seat and sees what tesla has them right like you can yeah. You can do these different things. This
0: is this is interesting, Shane, because I'm having this conversation every day around people in their careers, which is if in in today's job market, professionals and knowledge workers have more choice and more visibility to choice than ever before. And yet happiness, engagement is going down. And so what I wonder is, you know, speaking about decision making and big decisions, like where you go to work. That's a big decision. And we got a huge percentage of the workforce over the course of the last you know 12, 14 months now choosing where to work, who to work with, and I've not yeah. met the who in person the way I used to before. Yeah. I don't know what the company mojo is because the mojo' is my house you
1: know yeah, no doubt. That, no doubt. that's
0: fascinating. but you know that example you give about the cars, like is that helping drive sales? like I have seen so many other like here's the thing when you're buying something. I heard this on a show one time. It's like, what's the first thing a human does when you make a big purchase? You go compare to other ones and say, just to affirm that you're not an idiot. Correct. That you didn't. Correct. That you didn't spend too Correct. much. Right. So what that site does is it now it's going to cause me more time to confirm the deal I'm getting is a good deal. Right. So does that help the decision making process? Does it delay it? Does it make a better decision? I don't know.
1: Well, so so actually, Steve, I think if we actually talk about our episode last week about having options
0: that great episode that got lots of views
1: (laughs) yes yes so 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 i think this actually gives us more options right so now we're back to that question of does options give us a better does does having options as because now because now if if talent is being hired sight unseen right we're uh, no doubt it is every most offices are still shut down most you know, very few are are full. You know, full manned uh, right. campuses and these different things. Right. So there is sight unseen, right? I've got a family member of mine right now who has been interviewed by three huge companies over the last three weeks, and he's just sitting in Zoom meetings talking to these people. <laughs> he has no idea what the office looks like. He has no idea. It. Some of the people don't have their cameras on. They're just talking. Like you right. don't even he people hiring him. He doesn't know what they look like, right? right. So, um. So I'm curious, like so. That's the thing. Like, does does more options give us something as as the person being offered something, right? And does more options? So how do we, how do we innovate? So if you're at a company, and now, like, I, I mean, so I guess I guess it would be unfair to ask because Silicon Valley has been doing this kind of already anyway, you know, in know, in a way. So we're the rest of the world is kind of catching up to the Googles and the Facebook and the Apple and these different things, because I know a lot of that is kind of, um, in a marketing terminology um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in marketing terminology, there's inbound marketing and outbound marketing at, mm-hmm. at a, at a certain stage at LinkedIn, you guys were doing a lot of outbound recruiting rather than inbound recruiting. There were, you were having to go because you needed so that's many right. people. There wasn't enough people applying. You had that's to right. go. Yeah. So, so how, so how did that, how did, cause that's, that's what the world is going through right now. Right. So it's a supply mm-hmm. and demand right? And in my area, I just searched in my area, there are, I have a four bedroom, three full bath house with two acres of land. There are only three houses in a 50 mile radius that match those three things on the market for sale. Mm -hmm. So what, so if a family who needs a lot of bedrooms, who wants a yard for their kids to play in, there's not a lot of options. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the theory is, and we're going to see this play out, I guess, in real person, my price is going, what I what I sell my house for will be more than <laughs> what I listed for, right? Supply right. and demand. right? Was, was the same right. thing possible or did the same thing happen in your world when you need to hire a director of, we'll call it director of sales, SaaS mm-hmm. sales, right? So you had a SaaS product where you needed people to subscribe and that's mm-hmm. what you guys were hiring for. Well, if- if the talent is thin, do they have the leverage? And and how did you deal with that? Oh,
0: yeah, man. I mean, there is no unemployment in Silicon Valley. Even during the pandemic, there's underemployment. Yeah. And uh, it's both been a market where I love operating in because it forces creativity and innovation. But it's also a market where I just want to pull my hair out because it's so darn competitive. I mean, you've got... I call it a career candy store. It's just really... Uh, it's tough. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, I could go on and I've given, you know, many talks and, and written articles around this. At the end of the day, you have to be so clear on who you are as an organization and why anyone want to work for you. If you're going to try to hire in a, com- a completely hot job market, right? And, you know, reflecting back on on the, the times at LinkedIn, I mean, Fortunately, we could still, you know, meet people in person and decide, you know, uh, if they were a better fit or not. Um, but what, what, what made us be able to turn the corner was getting laser focused on why someone wants to come work here, which I believe, mm-hmm. by the way, if you don't know what your company culture is and you want to find out, sit down around the table with the key leaders in your organization and say, um, why does anyone want to work here? If you can answer that question, you can get at the roots of why someone would want to work there, which is really your culture. It's kind of a backdoor way instead of the touchy-feely HR. Like, you know, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Which everyone hates. Like, just ask that question. Why does someone want to work here? Then you get at what are your assets? What problems are you solving? How are you different from the rest of the choices that people have to make? And this is where I really feel for my brothers and sisters in the world recruiting right now is how do you answer what's our company culture today? Like, what the heck is that? You know? And because every company culture changed, and this is the conversation, not enough people are having in the world of business right now, because like it or not every single organization had their culture changed, not because they wanted it to, because the pandemic forced a hostile takeover of the home and work. It was a hostile merger. So now we have people communicating differently, organizing differently, making decisions differently. And we've got this huge demographic of workers who never went in a building, didn't see the free snacks, didn't see the coffee, free coffee, free food, you know, don't care about the free shuttle bus to San Francisco, gone. Poof. And what the, and in a way, I love that because it it's kind of like stripping all the you know, the dressing off the turkey, yeah. like is the meat good or not? Like, yep. you know, how you package it, how it looks to someone on the outside, it's now really now it's down to the work you're doing and the people you're doing it with. You know, not the beautiful view you have from the Facebook building looking at the San Francisco
1: Bay. So, so making a career. So, 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 so what we have really, so you started it off the biggest financial decision outgoing that most of us will make in our life will be purchasing a home that, that most, most people in the world, the second biggest financial decision outside of probably getting married is choosing where you're going to work. That's right. Right. That's so right. It's coming in. So yeah. now you're making now people are there are literally there's literally someone right now buying a home they've never seen and accepting a, a job that they've never laid eyes on. <laughs> so right. think like think about the <laughs> dynamics of that, of that. That sounds as crazy as the idea of Uber. And we talk about if you would have told if if 10 years ago. You would have looked at your, if your mom would have looked at you and said, hey, I'm coming to your house. Uh, well, how are you getting here? Well, uh, some random guy is going to pick me up at the corner and bring me there. You would have been like, mom, absolutely not. Like, you're not like, no, you're not right. doing that. Now you right. put your kids in an Uber and send them right. somewhere, right? So, right? so that's wild to think about that that shift is happening in such a way and and that same person is dating someone that they've never seen in person and they've only seen over <laughs> FaceTime. And, text and let's with.
0: take the kids' portion of this because I'm going through this right now. My oldest son is applying to college and we can't go see a college because there's no campus tours open. I yep. mean, sure, pretty soon we're going to be able to, you know, and I know some, you know, we can do a bootleg yeah. tour or whatever, but here's another one that decision pre making the job decision preparing you for. Entering the world of work. Now that decision's been compromised based on a way we used to do it. Now, now listen, let's just shift, let's let's shape shift this whole discussion into maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe we're gonna learn to be creative. Maybe, maybe we're gonna make better decisions because we're not gonna be biased by things and feelings that we see in person. Maybe being blind to some of the stuff and we're not going to know for years how this is going to play out, right? That's why it's super interesting to me to see what we're seeing right now, which is huge decisions, limited information. We call it, almost call it like blind decisions. And how is that going to play out? Mm-hmm. How how is a company that has a significantly increased proportion of their workers who've never met in a physical location, how are they going to perform over time?
1: Or yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's what like so now. So we talked about options. Options ultimately come back to information, right? So yeah. do we live, um, do we live in a world where, do we live in a world where we're actually now going to start using the information that we've had? Because Google has existed now for long enough to where people still. I, I love to see on social media where people ask a question. Does anyone know a good plumber? Around right. Well, you could type that same question into Google and it will give you the answer. So are we are we coming? Like, is this kind of the golden era of using information? Like, so so then, so actually, actually, now I'm gonna okay, put your HR hat on for a minute. You're bound by certain laws on the research that you can do. And I realize there is some gray area there. You're bound by the research that you can do on a candidate. There's an application. There's a resume, there's references, Mm -hmm. all those things. I'm putting my best light in, right? I'm painting myself in the best possible picture and handing it to you, Mm -hmm. right? So now in a world where you can't sit and see that person, you can't Mm -hmm. ask them to come to your office and see what time, you know, if they're late, you know, you can't ask them to do those little things when they get there to see if they follow simple, you know, these different things that HR does in the world of HR. Now mm-hmm. it's here's a link. Click on the link. Here's what time we're gonna chat. What do you do to get creative? What could you do? What mm-hmm. ideas have crossed your head that you can do to get creative if we're on the up we're on the other side? You and I are let's say you and I have a company and we're hiring. Yep. And I look at you and say, Steve, um, this is your world. And, uh, I have no idea. I'm not, uh, unless we fly and meet them, I suck and I'm not going to be able to give you any feedback. So tell me what we need to do. And how do we gauge whether or not these people are going to fit what we need?
0: Okay. You just gave me what I'm going to call like an alley-oop because I want, I want this ball, like, give me the ball. So what I would do, and I'm helping some organizations with this and some of them are ready to play ball. Some of them aren't. I'm going to create the most visually beautiful, uh, view of my organization online so that when you're checking me out, you're just going to have your jaw drop. It's going to be like a treasure of movie previews like you've never seen before. Like I'm going to have every employee that's doing interesting stuff like, what are you doing? Why do you like working here? I'm going to have this story tell itself. I'm not going to sell to someone. right? I'm going to have people tell their stories more. And this is why I like the situation that we're in right now because it's forcing that kind of creativity. I'm going to try to delight a candidate with an, with an online ex, uh, you know, interview experience. And really get to know them, like really get to know them. And I'm also going to really, like in California, we were also handicapped a few years ago because they passed the law. You can never ask what someone's makes. Can't ask them their salary anymore. And I I like that because like how many times have you gone and someone asked a question like, listen, we all feel, who feels overpaid? Anyone? Raise your hand. You feel overpaid? Nobody does. So why? I don't want you to use that because I feel I'm worth this which is more than what I can pay. Everyone feels they should be getting more. So now that's sort of, and that that was, you know, caused by lots of factors, but particularly gender inequity in compensation and, and trying to, trying to address that systemically. You know, is it going to work? Is it not? I don't know. We'll see over time how it works, but there's ways of trying to back into stuff. But I, I think this forces more relationship requirement on the recruiting process. And that's what I'd want to do. Like, you know, think about the best recruiters, you know, for our listeners. Think about the best recruiters you've ever acted interacted with. They didn't make you feel like a piece of meat. They didn't feel like you were just a number that they needed to hit. Like I've had recruiters call me. They know I didn't want the job, but they wanted to impress the company they could get me to the table as a potential candidate. It's like yeah. you're wasting my time, but you're just trying to make yourself look good. The ones that really matter and the ones that really succeed. And here is where I want to pivot and sort of take a bold mark and underline. In a digital world, a data-intensive world, what wins is greater human connection. And that's what I want to do. I want to leverage the tech to create a greater bond with you as a prospective candidate. And that's where I see you know, some of the new innovations and ideas coming that are out there. There's one organization... I'm working with right now, they're actually, they're they're spread all over the world. So I can't even say where the organization's from because I don't even know, there are people, guys in Costa Rica, guys guys in Berkeley. And they've been able to build a recording of a conversation that highlights all the keywords so that the next interviewer can listen to the key points of that interview and not have to ask you the same stuff. So now you're not wasting candidates time and that's using it so that we just get to the important stuff in our conversation. So there, there, there's signs, you know, there's encouraging signs, you know, similar to like my son right now, he's, doing so much research on universities. Like, whoa, like every night I'm coming and what are you doing? Oh, I'm looking at the university of Vermont. Oh, I, I'm thinking to myself, you've never been into an East coast winter. You have no idea. <laughs> how, you have no, I bet you that's not in the research, right? Yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: he's California boy, you know, he's researching in his flip flops, you know, and it's, you know, probably snowing in Vermont right now. And, and he's, you know, got his shorts and flip flops on, but he's really taken advantage. And he's st- when the, the schools that stand out for him, are the ones that got on the digital bandwagon a long time ago, you know, and that's influencing his decision, you know, not the, you know, the the really smart people that he's meeting on the college tour. How well did you present yourself there?
1: Yep. So, so this brings up a question I have, and I, I feel really, really strongly about this. And I'm curious to get your insight because when I asked you what you would do, I love how you put it of you're going to earn that person's interest in working for you not try to figure out why that person should be working for you you know you you went you went one way with it and i I love that because i think there are some people that would get on that interview or if i asked them that question they would have went about how they're going to try and dig into this client or or this i mean this this applicant and oh we're going to try and figure out what's wrong with them or what they do right and Mm -hmm. no you Mm -hmm. wanted to sell you and not, and not even sell, but present you in an authentic way that says, here, look, here's who we are, right? And, and what I believe this. I've believed this. I think I've, I've been on this kick for four or five years. Um, I did it with my first company a lot. Um, but I believe that the companies that will win in the next 10 to 15 years will be companies that have a CEO or a C-suite employee who has a personal brand who is, is putting their self out there where, because ultimately, like we see Gary Vee, for example, right? Gary Vee is yeah. very transparent with what he does. We see that here's what he says. We, then we see him interact with those people on the street. Then we see his staff and his team in his videos, in his vlogs, and we see the culture of what's going on there. You, you, if you're looking to go into the advertising world and you're looking to go do that, you look at that culture, and if that culture aligns with you, you say, "I want to go work there. I want to go yeah. do that." You can't, you can't get that with any other ad agency. Mm-hmm. You can't get because they they're not transparent. They're not, they, There's no personal brand. You couldn't. You don't right, even right. know most the average person doesn't even know the CEO of any. And there's there's bigger ones than what VaynerMedia is, right? But he's right. created a culture that shows you here's who I am, and I believe mm-hmm. it's like Apple a lot it's like it's like facebook it's yeah. like amazon well apple's People. interesting because
0: that persona is dead and it's still yeah. the persona which is really that's the power that's they've, the allowed jobs, live, right?
1: they've allowed it to live yeah. On. Yeah. they've allowed yeah. it to live on they've allowed it to live on they've allowed it to live on
0: and well yeah. what and, you're getting at Shane and and let me sort of interrupt you here what you're yeah. getting at is and I'll tell us another, people are going to get tired of my LinkedIn stories, but I got No, 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 LinkedIn no, no, no. I think they love them. Because, because it's really, it gets to your point, which is, you know, how we make decisions is more and more informed by what we see and what we have access to. And so for business leaders, what you're getting at is if you're not getting your message out, someone's going to make a decision without your information. And for business leaders, their brand, you know, the 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 most visible person out there on the planet right now times hundred. You mentioned him last week and this week again, Elon Musk. Like wow, like that's a very to use a you know sort of an out there word. It's a very unpredictable, quixotic brand. I don't even think his employees know what he's going to do next, right? But you you know, then you have like the sort of the Mark Benioffs over at Salesforce, sort of a little more measured, a little more buttoned up, but like you know, he's all about community and he's hospitals in his name, giving to charities like crazy big believer in diverse, uh, you know, investments and so forth. But what I saw happen uh, that was trending this way years ago, we're sitting at LinkedIn and we had an incredible woman uh, running PR who was reporting to the head of marketing. Now I would venture a guess. I can't, I can probably research this on LinkedIn. I haven't done it yet. Uh, I didn't know we were going to go here, which is what I love about our podcast. Like we just ramble in some really interesting places. But, but listen, I will venture a guess that in the last 20 years, if you look at the org charts of major organizations around the world, public relations move from sitting in marketing to reporting the CEO because what the CEO is saying and what they're doing, it, to your point, 100% agree is more impactful to the brand of the company and the sales. And I'll give you an example. So we had this, this head of uh, PR, very talented person. And she was going out of maternity leave. And she says, uh, respectfully, when I come back, I would really like you to consider having me report to the CEO. She said it to the CEO, to Jeff. So Jeff comes in and he goes, what do you think? You think we should promote her to you know, work for me? And I said, well, it doesn't need to be a promotion. It's just an org change, but whatever. I know what she's saying. And I said, well, let's think about it. What were the three biggest things that happened to our company in the last year? President Obama came to visit. We had a hack uh, by some Russian, allegedly Russian hackers that stole passwords, and we went public. Those are the three we sort of said. Those are the three biggest things that happened in the company. He goes, "Were those marketing mm-hmm. things or PR things?" And I go, "Yep, she's going to be working for you."
1: Yep.
0: They were all PR things. Yeah, and they yeah. the the IPO and President Obama visiting our company doubled the after those events the number of new members signing up doubled, doubled. It's, it doubled right after Obama came to the point where we're like, you know what? We should invite the prime minister of the UK next month and we should start bringing world leaders yeah. because yeah. it legitimized, it validated, yeah. just like the IPO. We were the same company the day we went public as the day before, but now yeah. all of a sudden the halo of your IPO, your brand, right? All of a yeah. sudden our CEO Jeff's a lot smarter,
1: Yeah, know? yeah.
0: which is so interesting.
1: Yep. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild thing. And, and I I believe this, I believe that personal brands, um, and i come from, I guess, from a bias standpoint. Um, and we maybe we'll dive into your stuff, maybe one, one of these episodes and kind of peel some stuff back. But I, I believe that. And I believe that in a world where I now have more options, if I'm, if I'm a candidate working somewhere, the first thing I'm doing is the first thing that most people who are setting up an interview with someone else doing, they go and they type in that person's name into Google. They type in, they go look at their social media. We look, we're looking for, you know, something that's either going to cause me to really relate to you or really turn off. Uh And, and it's go, you know, and we see that. I mean, today we're as divided as ever from a political standpoint and we've got issues and I'm sure there's some people that, I saw it last night. We don't, I can't believe sports are politicized and all these uh-huh. different things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I, like, I mean, some people are turned off because somebody, I know people who don't shop at target because of certain charities they give to, right. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it, we, we, that's just the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have to fight all this noise now of, we need the best possible people or I want to have the most most attention. Attention is what matters, right? Attention is right. what is, is what is what adds to your social equity of being able to do things. So we need more attention. If I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to do it in like a scandalous way, and I'm not going to do it in like a, um, you, know, un, you know, like put on this act of this fake story and this whole thing. If I'm going to be just genuinely who I am, then someone has to take the reins here at this organization and put that out there and say, here's who I am, whether it's via a podcast, an internal podcast, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, vlogging on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, doing these different things, what was once taboo. And, and what I wonder is how does, who keeps HR historic and I'm, I'm going to speak probably a little bit negative on the hr light right but hr historically has had their hand on the dial of what gets exposed from a real world standpoint from a business and what doesn't right is that fair to say like all oh, you we can't talk about that or let's not put that out there you know Let's, you know we you know we can't we you know i mean gary talks about it i mean he drops f-bombs every six minutes right i'm sure his hr right. people Finally at some point we're like, hey, this is just who he is and right. we're just gonna deal with it, right? But at right. LinkedIn, if you walked in and start dropping F bombs every five seconds, I right. would you're imagine worried about,
0: you're worried about turning people off. You're worried about yeah. you, know, you know, breaking rules or or upsetting the Apple cart or or causing someone to have an uncomfortable work experience. So you're sensitive yep. to it. Yeah. Maybe we're yep. we're probably as a profession, probably wired a little bit tightly on that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. so so what now if your CEO comes to you and says, hey. Um, just want to let you know, uh, I'm gonna have a guy following me around with a camera every day and we're just going to show it all. We're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna put it all out there. I would have to mm-hmm. think there has to be some, uh, can we talk about this? Like, can we, can we have, uh-huh. a, can we have a discussion? Because I, but I think that's where we're going to go. Otherwise yeah, the sight unseen becomes harder because I can tell you, you know, it's the old saying I can show you better than I can tell you. So right. where do I know? Like, Googling, for example, for example, okay, your son is Google is, is researching universities, right? What if they had a student, let's, let's say Baylor university there. We've used them a couple of times Baylor university. They, each department had their own podcast ran by the students and the students actually were talking about what was going on and the opportunities and class and this professor, there's too much fear behind. Well, what if they say something, or what if it doesn't present? I think there's way more to gain than there's way more to lose. Because then your son, who maybe wants to go into esports and graphic design, is like, "Oh, dude, dad, listen to these people these These people are awesome. I want to go here." Right. And he goes there rather than going to the place that he maybe knew a little bit of information. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think. No. I, I'm, I, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, and it's a it's a big pool of information, right? It's a really big, really big pool of information to to sift through, and I think you know, uh, you know, listening to your story uh, and remember reflecting back on one of the crazy parts of LinkedIn was we were just growing so fast back then that um, we really didn't have a ingrained culture like set in the early days, we sort of like, we, we sort of knew what it was. We hadn't really invested time to articulate what it was. So one day I'm talking to the CEO and uh, the executive team and we're like, okay, so what kind of culture should we, should we espouse? Like, who are we? Like, why would someone want to work here? Kind of question. And part of the answer was somewhere where people can help us build a culture was part of the answer. And and my HR brain is like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." you know, I'm thinking like fringe religious groups are going to be using our conference rooms. And I'm just like, no. Um, And so, but what happened was I was totally wrong. When we asked people, what kind of company do you want this to be? They basically said the same thing. I want to do work that matters. I want to work with great people. I want to solve problems that are going to make a difference in the world. And I want to learn and I want to have a life. And there was a little nuances here and there, but that was essentially what yeah. everyone said. And this is what, you know, a lot of advice I give to entrepreneurs today is, mm-hmm. listen, don't don't get all religion around culture unless you really, really feel it. And by the way, employees today would rather come and help build a culture than be told what it is. So leave some white space, leave the walls in your conference room blank so they can bring a paint to it. You know, and some some of the like the little things that companies do that I say are going to get you in trouble. So, for example, biggest mistake most entrepreneurs, most small companies make is something silly, but it actually becomes profound later, which is your email address. Are you going to do first name at hotnewcompany.com? Because if you are, the next Shane that comes in is going to have to be name at hotnewcompany. Mm-hmm. Ah, you weren't the first Shane. We know who the first Shane is. You I'm came guilty. later. You're I'm not guilty. on the inner circle. You're on the outer circle. I'm guilty. And so now you've created a two cast system. So be careful. You know, start with first initial last name at hotnewcompany.com, and now you don't have to recover. You know, those are some of the some of the little things. But but anyway, this is sort of like part of what you learn as you go here. And it just I love this. I love this topic because we can cover. I mean, we didn't even get into like telemedicine. We're getting yeah. medical advice. We're not even seeing the doctors, you know,
1: uh, which is a whole nother like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. And so 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 I guess, you know, it. it the sight unseen is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like oh, shit. I mean, do you is, is some of it gut still is some of it? I mean, I know I know we beat the guy up making the gut decisions in the early time, but there yeah. has to be some, like if it's not gut, what do we call it? Right. If it's not, if, if I call you and say, okay, for example, maybe you told me this, or we had this about a conversation, but I heard someone say that they feel like some companies may move to a hiring model to where there's no name. There's no face. You're just an, you're an applicant number with your basic, right. you know, st- test taking like something. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then somehow that's how, like, it is like, then how the hell do you make a decision? Like, like, I'm going to be honest with you. That would give me a panic attack. If you told me that I had to hire a vice president of sales and I had no idea what they look like. I didn't know their name. I didn't know. I would, because I'm a personal guy. You and I. We're yeah, close. Yeah. We talk right. like, hey, you and know, you I care about- it. you need your salesperson to be very yeah.
0: personable. You need, to, you need to vet that out. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see technology replace that in every job, but let's take some jobs, tech, some technical coding jobs, for example, you're going to be able to test for a lot of the aptitude there. Yeah. Now, what a test will never tell you is, do other people like working with that person? You know. Now we're Are getting gonna, somewhere. Are they gonna share their stuff? And this is where I worry about how our schools traditionally have prepared people. Like, you got to get the good grades. Is there any grade on how will they get along with the teachers? Is there any grade on how will they collaborate with the rest of their classmates? No, it's what you individually achieve. And then they get into the office and they're like smarty pants, and everyone's like not talking to them. They just so, ice
1: them out. So, so so I'm gonna interrupt you for a minute and share with you a very real world scenario. That literally just happened early on in this podcast. You probably saw some papers kind of pop into the screen a second yeah, ago. Yeah. So so I'm going to go off the cuff here okay. a little bit and share something with you. Um, and I'm very transparent. So my daughter is excels very highly in, in school. She's very, very good. There's a lot of change happening in our life. We've got the house going up for sale. There's some other things going on. Um, she's just transitioned back into school after doing everything from home. She literally, literally, and I've got the text message, she literally just walked in and what she was handing me, I, I almost thought I was going to have to stop the podcast because when she came in, she was visibly very upset. I could tell she's been crying. I could tell she was upset. And she walked in and she kept trying to maneuver over here because she wanted me to see her progress report. Mm-hmm. And her progress report is all A's, but in her math, she has a grade that doesn't reflect her actual ability to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the teacher wrote a note on there why, like it's not her fault and all these different things. So this goes back to exactly what you're talking about of the number. I don't care. I literally, literally my daughter, she texted me like in the middle of all this. I hate to admit that I was having this conversation while we were talking, but she texted me in the middle of this. And she said it was kind of a crisis moment for her. And she mm-hmm. says, I'll do I'll, I'll do my assignments and get it caught up. And my text back was no stress. I trust you mm-hmm. I, like that i mm-hmm. i don't like i'm not concerned with and because i'm gonna give some more backstory because for the last two weeks there is a student in her class who is special needs and has um acted out in a way but in a way where he trusts like he's, he's not very verbal and he trusts my daughter so we've mm-hmm. actually had these conversations with the principal my daughter has come to us and said hey if he trusts me I'm I'm willing to take time out of my work to help him if he needs to Beautiful. go on a walk like she's done mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm concerned about. Is my daughter a good person and is she willing to help people when they need something rather than what's on that paper? And that right. is why I stress about going and I didn't mean to get all personal there, but. That's why I stress about, I want to know if you're a good person. I need to, I don't need to know if you can sell something. I actually, I can teach you to sell. I want to know what your heart is. That's what I want to know. I'm that, I'm that guy hiring. So that's what stresses me out about thinking about the future.
0: Yeah. And you know, to, to parlay that into the challenge I'm dealing with with my son. So last week he's like, who should I ask to write my college references on my application? He's a junior. He's yeah. never met a single one of his teachers. And this is the year where you need yeah. those references. So I said, well, call, your, you know, reach out to, you know, one of your math teachers from last year knows you really well. And he knows our family and like, yeah. and the teacher responds like, well, it's probably better if a junior teacher responds. And I'm thinking my son didn't have a chance and every son didn't have a chance in every school. There's only five schools in America right now that require standardized test results. There used to be only five that didn't. Yeah, <laughs> you know yep. now there's only five that require it. The rest optional, and some Cornell, I think, is the most noteworthy. Said mm-hmm. we refuse to look yep. at that. So that is really not. So I'm not worried about my. Just like you, like hey, my work's done. He's 17. His values are in. He's sure. a good person. He was captain of his basketball team last year. Like sure. all the people around him, like wow, good kid. Like I feel like my work i mean am i still worried yeah i'm still worried but yeah, that but was a moment where your daughter doesn't even know like you don't want to pretend like that stuff doesn't matter because you want her to have a high standard for herself but she doesn't know that she's already off the charts
1: in your heart right yeah like, fine yeah and we and we in our culture here in the house is i don't care that your grades matter but they don't matter to me meaning i don't Grade. care if you got all d's if I know for a fact you came home, you worked hard every night, you tried, you gave everything that you could give, and that was your grade, I love you, and I am just, a, we'll go get ice cream and celebrate that just like mm-hmm. we would if we got all A's, right? Because that ultimately, and a lot of that comes back to my personal life for me. I grew up mm-hmm. in a not-so-great scenario and situation, and you, I, you and I actually recently had part of this conversation but there wasn't a lot expected of me. So then when you exceed that, I want to know, give me the variables. I don't care. Like the grades right here, my grades are up on the wall. I got a 1.67 GPA and graduated 154. That's my high school transcript right there. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. keep that up as an example of the numbers on the paper actually don't mean shit. Let's Mm -hmm. actually know if you're a good person and how, like, are you going to take care of people? And my knowing my daughter just had that week she had helping this young man who is clearly dealing with a lot more than the average person. Mm -hmm. I don't like that what she got on in April of 2021 on a progress report has not going to have any bearing on how successful of a human being she becomes. Right, I know that, and that ultimately is why I look at it and say let's, I want to know if you're a good person, be good people, you be whoever you are, just be a good person. That's what I right. want you to be. And right. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wild place. And I guess we've kind of taken this from real estate to the professional world, to being a parent and it's sight unseen. And how do we, how do we navigate this sight unseen world, Steve? Like how, like, and I know you don't have all the answers, but you're navigating in it. Okay, you are right now. People are having to. You speak, right? You you give mm-hmm. talks. Mm-hmm. People, there's some people who are only going to see footage of you sitting on this podcast, or yeah. or on someone else's virtual talk. That's going to book you to come speak to their conference of five thousand people, and they're yeah. going to have to figure out like how's his energy? Is he going to be able to move the crowd? Like, what's his body language like? There's a lot of these things. And how are you like, what are some things in your mind, like, uh, personally, you're navigating it?
0: Yeah, well, I, I fall back on some some in this is going to sound maybe overly simplistic, which is, if you talk to any executive recruiter, you talk to any key consulting firm that's researching the future work, When they talk to CEOs around the world, what's the most important skill you look for today? Agility, adaptability. We are all having a masterclass on that in our own lives like nobody's business. And that's what gives me hope for the future. Not just agility at work, agility at school, agility at home, agility in our relationships, agility, how we get freaking groceries in our house, how we buy cars. And I I say and I deal with a lot of people right now who are frustrated. I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. Like there's different things that frustrate. Frustration sure. tends to breed creativity because we got to solve the problem a different way. But here's the thing, the last message I just want to land, which is I believe in the world that we're in right now that the best practice is experimentation. You got to try new stuff and it's not always going to work, but getting it right isn't always the goal. It's the learning that's the goal and the learning and the pivoting. And that lesson that your daughter shared, and thank you for sharing that with us. The lessons of the people in our lives, like we should treasure those. It's a learning, you know. It's a great learning, and doesn't feel good all the time, but I think we're going to come out okay. And uh, man, what what, I love our conversation. Oh
1: man, it's great. It's great. (laughs) And 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 I'm and I'm. I mean, hopefully, hopefully the viewers can appreciate the personal side of things because I want them to know, hey, we're human too, and. And, and it was right. just a real world thing that happened right here that happened to tie in. And, you know, we're going to we're going to share some of that and we're going to, you know, we're going to dive in because no matter what the topic is, I think we, you and I could literally go right now to a random news channel and pick out a topic. And there's something about that, about the nuances of what's happening there and how that happens or happened in the real world in business and in leadership and in different things. Right. And right. and I am I. mean. I, I like sharing it, but, but, I, and, and I know you said, you know, they're going to get tired of your stories. I don't, I don't think so because you have, um, a and, and I'm not doing this to like self-promote you. I, I, I you know, you have a, a view into a part of the world that very few people have ever had like, and, and I think it comes with its own stress and anxiety and baggage mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not like it was like this hunky dory, like, you know, um, you know, whatever I think. Right. A very, I, you know, it. So it's, you know, there's perspective and insight that you have that I think is really, really valuable. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I try to pull those nuggets out because I know that you know, there's there's bits and pieces of of things that somebody out there is listening to this and we're going to say something and they're going to be like, oh, okay, well that, you know, I, these guys, I like these guys, I can relate to these guys and. You know, we just want it to feel like we're just hanging out in the basement, you know, drinking a cold one and just talking about life and all that. And yeah, um,
0: I agree, Shane. And listen, thank you again for for uh, for wrapping that up. I mean, this is what I want for these broadcasts to do and, and for these opportunities for us to sort of help people reframe, help people see the world in a less intimidating ways, maybe offer some hope along the way. Let them know there's people like you and me that have stubbed our toes. We've got calluses on our foreheads, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got stuff happening at home, at work. And you know, we got to help out each other here, get through. So that's the that's the spirit. And uh, you know, that's a wrap for this is the the work week after hours. I'm Steve Cadigan with my partner Shane. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for tuning in.